Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DOC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking doc. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z, man. What up, dog? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This your boy, DJ Paul K.O.L. for 360 Young Busy Ball. Vice World. This your man, Matt Mine the Hell Razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. Right now, J-Dog is uh, 
He's engineering uh, over at, uh, I don't know if you can rem- well, you should remember uh, Skip from UTP with Juvenile. Yep. He's yep. over. Skip has a, a, a studio uh, in New Orleans. Uh, it's like a personal, private type studio. Uh, and J-Dog's over there engineering and doing his thing. Oh, that's what's up. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but, man, your your history, you know, um, is so, so deep in New Orleans. It goes before Big Boy. Uh, when did you uh, first get involved in, in the music scene, man, and what inspired you to do so? Oh, man, I, I've been doing, I've been on the music scene in New Orleans when it wasn't uh, a hip-hop scene. It was just a music scene. It wasn't uh, hip-hop really at all. It was a... Uh, like one of our first uh, per- persons to get a to get a record deal was uh, actually Manny Fresh uh, with a group with a rapper named Gregory D. It was Gregory D. Yeah. and Manny Fresh, and I believe they was on uh, RCA or something like that. But that was, was the in first the eighties, wasn't it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. So it's that's I've been at it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've been definitely, at it for man, a while. Uh, so 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 uh that was the birth of it and and I've been in it ever since. And like I say, uh it's it's always been music in my life from day one. So I always been in some type of music or sports. It's music or sports and the music went out. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. With now sports um, are you referring to boxing? I saw you post about boxing before. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been boxing since I can since I can uh, throw a punch. Oh man, well okay, we, we got it. <laughs> we, let's not talk about music for like five minutes. Let's go into boxing. So I'm, I love oh, boxing. Man. Man. I love, I love Who are some of your boxing, favorites? Oh, Who are some of your favorite fighters? You got to yeah. go Ali, but I like I I, I I'm so I'm so. You know, I like the physical aspect of it. I'm so in tune to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm a historian of boxing because I can remember, right, back when Ali came to the Superdome, and they had borrowed our ring. You know what I'm saying? They used our ring. I was a kid, so they borrowed our ring. So we had to go and train wherever the ring was. So he borrowed our ring. So we were down there and sometimes, you know. He wasn't there when we was doing our thing, but they actually took the ring that we trained in and brought it to where he was working out at in in New Orleans. And uh, so Ali always been been, you know, I still have the ticket stub from the uh, from the fight, like in my scrap. I have the ticket stub wow. from that fight in New Orleans. That's that's insane, man. Uh, a couple years ago, we had Jesse Ventura on, a former wrestler, and um, he said that he was, you know, heavily influenced by Muhammad Ali as a kid. He recited his uh, 1963, uh, you know, rap, and he said that Ali should be credited for for helping hip hop move along. And uh, yes, when you think about it, that's true. You know, he was but, like one but, of the first cats rapping. What you gotta understand is you couldn't find another rapper that's that's of of my era that would say different. You know what I'm saying? We all would say the same thing. We it wasn't we we never not gave him credit. Yeah, I I have not yet to see a a a rapper of 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 that have some kind of wisdom not acknowledge Muhammad Ali. You have to. It's a must. Um, uh, yeah, he it, was, he was myth, great. You know, it's just not documented, so it's it's not you know. But amongst us in the in studios and come on, man, where, where you think the, the goat come from? That's that's the most famous rap quote in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, and, and you know, he I was like also like a humanitarian outside like of the ring. See, I'm, 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 my, my bad, but I'm still on the boxing thing. I like that era of boxing. You know, I remember that era, and I remember 
far as the business wise, because I was young and I was fortunate enough to see some of the business side of that. I was fortunate enough to see uh, Budweiser and, and L. Heyman and all that type of stuff. I saw it from the ground up, so I'm I'm, I'm like wow, and and I'm 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 amazed at what it's become, and I'm 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 just tripped out and and I'm just in it. You know what I'm saying? I'm in it. I'm really in it. And I love the new school of boxing. I love the new yeah. school of boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to Fury Usyk if they make that happen? I'm looking forward to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's an enigma, in the man. It's hard us, to figure you know, out. Just, it's like with Fury, I want him to keep fighting. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. it, you know, that I don't know if I'm a fight no more. You know, now that he's made his mind up, like I'm a fighter and this is what it is and this is what I want out of life. Oh man, it's about to be shit. Yeah, I've never seen nobody that big. Now, if you go back to the '30s, you had Primo Carnera, but he didn't move like Fury. You know, uh, now Fury moved. Fury moved like Ali. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's, 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 you know, what I'm saying anybody with footwork, you then you refer him. You know, you you get that from Ali. <clears throat> he have he have aspects of his game, but you know when it come anybody when it come to that footwork, you, you know you have to study Ali. Yep, yep, and he he said he got it from um, Sugar Ray Robinson. You know what I'm saying? He looked up. That yeah. was his idol. That was the guy he looked up to coming up as a kid. So thank God for Sugar Ray, you know? Yes, indeed. He inspired uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, but you yourself, uh, um, like, have you had any bouts? I had a lot of amateur bouts. Yeah. A lot of amateur bouts. But this would happen. The doggone, like I say, the music went out. It's like as you start growing and going, something got to win out. You know what I'm saying? Something got to win out. And then at the same time, it's hard to stay that little. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it size become a factor. You know, and my frame, not I'm, I'm, I'm not a heavyweight. You know what I'm saying? But, shit, if I fought, fought today, I would be a heavyweight. <laughs> You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not. It would, I wouldn't. Well, man, I would have to. Whew, you know what I mean? Trying to stay down to that that weight, man. That weight is. You know, fighting is fun. You know, the 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 the, the getting in the ring, the getting hit, the this and that. You know what I'm saying? Fighting is the fun part. You know what I'm saying? It's the it's the the grind of making that damn weight, man. Yeah. Yeah, I uh you see it with a lot of fighters. It, I'll tell you who we had on the show uh for our 900th episode. We had a bunch of people calling and I made sure to get a fighter call in. We had James Tony and um he was such an elusive guy. You know, he had the shoulder roll. I mean, he was uh, um you know, even when he was bigger. You know, uh, he doesn't oh, get the credit. He, he, he was deserves. a natural he's a natural fighter. That's one of my favorite fighters right there. Yeah. Cause he, cause he see, I, I, I like, I like a person that can do it. Uh, he could do it on and off. Which I mean, on and off is he could do it in the ring and he could do it out the ring. Yeah, yeah. You know, so oh, it's yeah. like, yeah. goddamn, I gotta, res- you gotta respect both. You know what I'm saying? You gotta respect oh, yeah. both because it's different. Boxing and fighting is different. Yeah, fighting anything goes. You know, anything goes uh, fighting. Yeah, boxing. We're working on the point system. You know what I'm saying? But you have to know, as a boxer, you have to know when it's a fight. The sweet science. That's what they call it. Yeah, yeah. you have to know um, when it's a fight. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't never yeah. been scared of a fight, so boxing came easy. Yeah, that's that's something, man. Uh, we interviewed. Um, Scan man, who was uh, you know down with three six uh, before, and he was actually playing basketball with the likes. Uh, he remembers he remembers going to basketball camp with a young Kobe Bryant, and he got but he got injured and ended up going into the music, um, or he would have yeah, been you know probably yeah. You know, 
something. Uh, so you were close. You were close to it, though. You were uh, uh, you were having all these amateur oh, no, fights. That's, and... That was my first. That was my first love. You know what I'm saying? Football yeah. was second, and everything else, you know, come. But but boxing was my first love. Fighting fighting yeah. was my first love, but that was illegal. So it turned into boxing. Yeah, yeah good. That's <laughs> good, man. That's a good, both boxing and music is a good way to relieve stress. You know, and and you get things off your chest. And um, you coming in New Orleans, coming up in New Orleans, you know, um, <clears throat> I imagine it was it, it was pretty rough at that time. You know, well it was, Shitty. but it wasn't. You know, like people, this the myth that people have about uh, all ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Rough is rough is if you're not from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was rough, but how do I know that's rough until I'm out? And then when I'm out, it wasn't really rough to me because that's that's my friend. That's my yeah. cousin. That's my, you see what I'm saying? My brother. That's my, you know, it's still, it's still life within all the chaos. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, a lot of lot of uh, positives, of course. You know, what I'm saying, um, well, New Orleans is a city rich in history, rich in music too. I mean, um, you know, some of the first music I ever heard was my dad playing Fats Domino records, walking to New Orleans, and you know, stuff what? like that. That's, that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's how you. Yeah, I, my, you know, you know my, my dad he loved Fats Domino. You know, he. Uh, as a matter of fact, when uh, I had my. Uh, when our daughter uh, came to this world, uh, he played it for her too. Got her into it, you know. So yes, indeed. Yeah, man, it's great music. You know, Fats is another guy that, who uh, that, that is song, very that, underrated. The music he does. Pioneer. If if you listen to it now, you will get the same feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. like a time cap. You know, they just yeah. had a they just had like a a little to do for him down down in the night ward. You know, a little festival, or so a little all day thing for Fast Domino. It was it was real nice. Yeah, he. Um, I remember one time when I was a kid, I saw him, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Ray Charles. Man, they they had three pianos set up. It was a concert on TV, and all three of them were just just going to town. Man, it was just amazing to see. Because those guys, to me, are probably the three best piano, piano players. Easy. Fats is at the top of that list, you know. Um, Easy. Now you got yeah, to throw Alan Tucson in there because he's a sleeper on that when it comes to that piano because he wrote so many good hits. But Alan Tucson was a was a was a New Orleans great. Also, he you know uh, he he did some stuff. You got to look into him. Yeah, yeah. I I always loved New Orleans and Memphis because both cities just had so much history musically, you know. Um, and obviously that rubbed off on you, you know. what I'm saying, look at the stuff you've done over the years, the people you've worked with, um, and you worked with them early on, like Fiend, um, you know, yeah. Juvenile, uh, yeah. you know, Mystical, of course, you know. Um, what was it like? Uh, let's start off with Juvie, man. What was it like when you first heard him? Um, wasn't he originally supposed to uh, sign with you? Well, you would have to let him tell us. You know, I, I, you would have to let him tell his. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. now this this the thing with uh with 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 Juvie. It was amazing when I met him. It was like. The first time I met him, it was like this off the chain, like it was some studio. It wasn't all no no street stuff or nothing like that. It was strictly on some music stuff, and then everything else grew from there. You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, the little dude was so talented. Like we went to see him at a club, and he just tore that motherfucker down. Like, and it was like you say, it was like one of the probably the most dangerous clubs in the city. You know, the body count was high at that club, you know, in that area. 
I ain't gonna say that club in that area. The body count was high, you know, and and uh, they they was loving some juvenile that day, and he wasn't even old enough to be in there. Yeah, he was he he was in there just rocking it. Uh, uh what he was fifteen, sixteen. Wow. And he was already seasoned. Yeah, you know, man, that's when he made. We made. We went to the studio, and uh, shortly after that, he was writing. When we went to the studio, he was writing for uh, for DJ Jimmy, for Jimmy's album for me. And uh, man, he went in there and did his little thing, bounce for the juvenile, and he just did it. I just. I, Kept it like how it was, and was like, man, we're gonna we're gonna let it go on his album and just let it rock, you know, just see what it do. And and the, and actually, they wind up using his song as a single on on uh, Jimmy's album, and I was scratching my head because I'm trying to think when has that ever happened that somebody yeah. gets a single off of your album that's not their album. Yeah, that's so that was uh, the first for me. I never yeah, saw Yeah, absolutely. That. I'm still thinking if I can think of a time that a person got on another person's record and that person wasn't even on the song and that song became a single on that other person's album. I can't think of it either. <laughs> you know, and I've been review I've been reviewing albums for almost uh, twenty five years. So, I, you know, and a fan long before that. So, yeah, that's some history right there. And of course, oh yeah, uh, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of. You know, um, I had. Of, uh, and, well, I'm sorry. And with that being that being said, we we wind up. Juvie, with his success, you know what I'm saying, uh, his success just kills a lot of, you know, he's like, I'm going to say if not, if Wayne is one, he's two. Huh. You know what I'm saying? If Lil Wayne is, is, is the best rapper, and he's two. He's number two. Right there. You right there. Um, what about uh, what about Mystical? Where would you put him? He's another uh, very talented artist. Mystical in a whole different category, my dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See, we come from the era of everybody not trying to. We we all were competition. We were we were competitive competition. We wasn't. It, it never was a, a a competition where it was a beef where. One person had to be this or that or whatever. Everybody tried to be the best at what they did. So everybody carved out a sub-genre within the rap genre so they could be number one at what they do. Because can't nobody outdo Mystical at doing Mystical. No, no. He, he, nobody sounds can't like that. So you can't, you can't compare it. It's not like comparing apples to oranges because they both fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like comparing a, a apple to a rock. You know what I'm saying? It's it's two totally different things. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We had uh little Yav UNLV on here and he said that uh uh you know when they had the the beef or whatever with Mystical, he said that Mystical uh came up with that as a marketing diss track. Uh, it was a strategy, and it was never really serious. Do you remember those times? Well, I never. Like, what it was never, it like it back was, then? It was. Listen, it was. I'm a, everybody have this story, right? There's no right story. There's no wrong story. There's no right and no wrong. Okay, it's just it's from everybody's perspective. Now, UNLV and Partners in Crime had their thing, and it never turned to nobody dying. You know what I'm saying? And that was way more serious than what the UNLV mystical thing was. Now, a lot of that came out of being Mr. Screw because Mystical had some a, a few lines 
by partisan crime and UNLV having this beef, it almost seemed like it was a big boy records cash money beef when it was more of a UNLV partners in crime beef. It turned into a mystical beef when mystical said he's never going to bounce, he's never going to bow in a song. Now, he was actually talking about the dance bow, but that was UNLV's song. So they took it as this dude is actually playing with us. Let's go see what's happening. And when they're coming to see what's happening, it's like, nah, nobody ain't playing with y'all, man. Let's get this bread. You see what I'm saying? Since the people take it this way, you see what I'm saying? If they take it this way, because we ain't about to go, we ain't about to come kill each other. So if the people take it this way, because if we get down to that, then that's when, that's when it's a, it's a, it's, it would have been a, a, a Chuck, uh, a baby thing. It wouldn't have been a, a, a cash money big boy thing. You see what I'm saying? It would have been a real problem. It, it was affected. It real, real. It would have been. It would have got ugly real, real quick on both ends. That's why we don't play that game. They don't play that game. You know, we say what we say, but it's all in competition. Yeah, yeah. So in his eyes and what he said, he's not wrong. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it was marketing and it both made money. You see what I'm saying? It both made both both companies money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys were moving crazy units back then. And nobody died. That's a blessing. You see what I'm saying? Nobody had to die. We all still shake hands, make money. You know what I'm saying? Juvie brings me on the road. Juvie, I was on the road with Juvie for a few years and had a single on his album with Atlantic Koch in uh, 2010, I want to say, nine. So it's like nothing is like how if you if you don't know, if you're not living in, in a place, you have to you have to you have to read it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? And that was a different time and a different era. Now these days if that was to happen, that's a whole damn different story. Yeah. Yeah, nowadays unfortunately you're right, man. People are uh taking it to a whole new extreme. Um but yeah, man, competition that was all part of hip hop. You know, um the best did it. You know, just like when you you did uh, when you bought a two live crew record, for example, you had Mr. Mix doing his mixes. You had Jam Master J doing his mixes. You had, you know, it was a friendly competition. It was a friend. You know, Everybody uh, had their little their little thing, and it was a competition of doing their thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. DJ Ready if Red, man. Dancing, my word. If it was you dancing, if it was you DJing, if it was you, you know, being the hype man, you know what I'm saying? Being the hype man was a competition. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, it was a beautiful era, man. Beautiful era in hip-hop. Now, we're going to go over to the French Connection, man. We got the homie Sin from France. I know he's got a, a few questions for you tonight. Um, let me bring him on uh, with you. Sin, uh, are you there, brother? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, hi, Scott. Yes, the French Connection. Hi. Uh, What's happening? Legendary... What's happening? Yes, sir, I'm fine already. Legendary teacher, precise. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about Bang's Day? Uh, one for me of the most deep song of, of Mystical was mine of Mystical. Can I tell us about this one, how you go deep in the music with it? Mind the mystical. Hold on a second. Let me grab, let me get off the speakerphone so I can hear you better, my brother. Now, what you were saying about the mind the mystical? Yeah, the track. The track? Yes, sir. Oh, that, yeah. one, that, one, was, that one was pretty, that one was pretty easy. That, uh, uh. Yeah, that one was pretty. He, he had a lot of stuff already. He had to kind of 
kind of touch it up at the end. I think that was one of the tracks he was in there with Tim Smooth was was in the actually in the booth with him. I don't know. You might have to look up Tim Smooth, but you got to look up Tim yeah, Smooth. But, Tim was well, Tim, Tim was Tim nice Smooth. with it. Oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah. actually in the booth with him. Right. So to to you know coach him along in the you know what I'm saying to help whatever whatever support he needed. To, to to finish that song or the second half of the song or whatever the case may be, that was that was that was him and Tim in that. Yeah. And all the, you all did the also. music that the music come the music come easy because I have yeah. a lot of uh, I, I just take that from the the artists like when they when they have an idea like mystical when he have an idea. If he tell you the idea, you almost can hear the music to his idea when he's telling it to you. Flame, but he's he he had, he do he do like the sounds and the footsteps and the he might even have the bass line already in his head. Yeah, you made his first single uh, also. Yeah, you aren't ready yet, so it was a a big local. Uh, Big look at the same uh, time. Y'all ain't ready yet, song? Yes. And what about it again? It, it, it was a single local, uh, very big at the time for Mr. Cole. And you saying it. it was very big? Yeah, it was a big hit. Well, yeah, that was the that was the first song. That was yeah, that was that song when when uh, dude, man, I used to. Driving in front of my house, back and forward, bumping that thing like like it was it was it was. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, I woke up one morning and just like one morning I woke up, I was tripping out. I was I was asleep and I thought I heard the song playing, but it was somebody passing in the car playing it. That was the the, the days of the loudspeaker stuff. So. I'm still, I say, man, I'm, I'm tripping. In another call, I hear it again. So I get up, and it's another call passing, playing it again. Then I'm sitting there the whole day, the calls just keep playing. Maybe five or six calls pass before I realize I got something on my hand. This boy yeah. here going to go. go. You, you did it. Yeah. And it was that y'all ain't ready yet playing over and over and over and over. That's a dope song, yeah. You did also the whole, the whole album of Won't Be the Night of of Fiend. First album, it was a dope too. And I tell us about this one. And, and also you work here with uh, David Falk from, for, with, yeah. uh, with Mystical. And, uh, we had, and for Fiend album. We had... We had uh, Sean Toje, we had David. Well, first we had Sean, and we had Leo. We had—I don't know if you ever heard of the Meters. We had a—we uh, have a found service is Mark Hewitt, and we had a lot of people from the Meters and musicians and stuff come through, and I have them play on stuff like uh, the Force Deuces and Trades album. I have Sean was the was my go-to guy played a lot of stuff, but then some kind of way Sean lost his position at the studio. When Sean lost his position at the studio, believe you me, that was the hand they felt fan with. That was that was his golden opportunity right there. And he got in as a position as a as a guitar player and bass player uh on the staff. Oh that's yeah and uh... Yeah, David Falk was 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 good too, uh, as a player. Yes, <laughs> everybody sure. good, everybody yeah. good, everybody. Look, I don't mess with I don't mess with Joe. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't mess did you with Joe. When did you meet Charles Sample, rest in peace, the CEO of Big Ball Records? Who? I was a. Uh, Charles, Charles Temple. Temple. Oh, Charles, Charles, Temple. Charles yeah. is Charles oh, Temple, Chuck. Right. I met him through 
Well, we moved to well when we really got down to meeting was when uh, you got to remember I've been telling this story all day on a bunch of different podcasts and radio stations and stuff like that. But we met uh, once again. We go back to Tim Smooth. <laughs> Tim Smooth yeah. was writing some music for uh, for Charles. Charles was doing a rap song with UGK called Meet Me at the Border. And Tim wrote Charles' part. But a long story short, Charles didn't feel himself being a rapper at the end of the day. And at the same time, I was doing Tim Smooth Project for Rap-A-Lot. After we did the Tim Smooth Project with Rap-A-Lot, I told him we, we started a record company. We put uh, all my production on the uh, Tim Smooth. My production was done, uh, produced by Precise for Big Boy Records. That was a record company we started. Uh, me, Charles, and Rob Shaw. But that song, Meet Me at the Border, trying to get that done, that was Possibly right there, the birth of Big Boy Records right there. That's when me and Chuck came together. And then after that, we had some business stuff with Rap-A-Lot. Uh, I came home. Uh, I got a check for the studio. He got a check from the casino. We got Rob. We started the label. Uh, Sporty T was our first artist. And Sporty, actually, the one came up with the name Big Boy Records because I had a record companies before that. But this was going to be a partnership. Everything else I did was solo. So this was the first partnership record label we was doing besides the uh, full pack stuff I was doing. But it wasn't really uh, to the extent of what this was going to be. And we took it from there when Sporty drew that little stick man and Big Boy Records, that logo, and we sent it off to Disc Maker for him to do the rendering, and it came back. From that day on, we ain't looked back. Yeah. And at times, uh, the very uh, earlier bones was also with the DJ Jimmy or Jiggy Ducker and DJ Irv, uh, was the arts in 91. Did there was some in competition or it was more an influence for you? We know you, what the, you what have the, also. Uh, I... DJ Irv? Which was uh, yeah, DJ was Jimmy and, and Irv. Yes, DJ Ducker. Oh, the team. Now, now this is the crazy thing. We have a uh we have a uh a uh concert coming up, uh event coming up on uh January seventh here in New Orleans at the Highland Wolf and it's gonna be pay per view. And this is the crazy part about it. T T Tucker is on that show. You know what I'm saying? Now the story with them they're going to have to tell you their story and what, they, what their exact story is. But from my eyesight, it never was a beef because they worked together. You know, they, they Irv and Jimmy worked the same circuit, you know, at that time. They worked, it was DJ Jimmy, you see what I'm saying, and DJ Irv. So they, DJ Jimmy was actually DJing in clubs. Right, right, right. So who came up with it first? I couldn't tell you who <laughs> came up with it first. I don't know. That's their they story, they beast. But I know it's like I always say, from our era, it never was a physical beast. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It never was nothing where, oh, I'm going to do you this, or I'm going to do you that, or I'm going to take you to and I'm going to take you. No. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't never that. You know, it always was just a, you know, they did a, 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 I call it like a spat, but you know, it was it, it was for the better because both songs is the shit. Both both versions of the same thing is two different versions. They're the same thing, but it's it's two different songs. It's two different. It's two different feels. You don't even get the same feel from both of the songs. It's not like. Uh, they they did identical songs. Just yeah. the the only thing was identical probably was the title. That's it. 
There are a lot of in New Orleans the underrated underground producers, uh, as you, as Ice Mike, who did uh, also uh, for Westbound Coalition, Tim Smooth also, and, and a lot of. Once again, we have uh, Ice Mike on this show that y'all can check out on tape for you, January 7th. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sin, hold on one second, brother. Tell us about the uh, pay-per-view real quick because I, I want everybody to check that out. It's January 7th? Yeah, Jan- well, what they could do, this is what they could do. They just need to go to nolarap.tv, nolarap.tv, and that's going to tell you everything you need to know and how you can view the live stream. That'll tell you everything you need to know, nolarap.tv. Because this, this list is too long for me to. If this list of what's going on is too long for me to to try to tell you. Uh, last year we uh, well we do this the first Saturday every year. The first Saturday of of, of this past you know this year it was a uh, juvenile and mystical headlining and man it was it was it was crazy. We're gonna upload the, those visuals probably with uh, before the week out so people can see that and that'll be up on nolarap.tv also they can see that for free and then they'll be able to go and uh, view the live stream on January 7th uh, any way they are on their phone, on, on, on any any device. Yeah, absolutely man, support that people. Sorry about that, Sin. I know you you finished up your no, question. No, Sorry about that, brother. Yeah, we have to do the promotion. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Nah, um, sometimes we got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, we got right? to. Right? Well, sure. We, we, we got to have the fans <laughs> check out that dope uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, man. sometimes we got to pay the bills. Right. My, 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 my bad sense. My bad sense. Let, let's go for no, it. No, What's the no, next it's question? All, it's all good. Yeah. Tell us about your, your memories of uh, Alan Bones' music. I went at, at high school. You played drums and... Uh, you're matching Ban and Friance, the Indians, a bit of the street. It was a, a really history in this bounce music because it, it's way, way back from African roots. And I don't know. Yeah, bounce music uh, is. Uh, right. You, you want to know about bounce music? The so bounce and uh, how you you was playing drums at high school and also it was in your area. <laughs> oh man, and bounce music yeah. comes from the bounce yeah. music. All, all all this go hand in hand. I played played in the in the you know the the rhythm section, the drum section, uh, just as much as I was I was boxing. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 it's, it's uh that that drum section it give you that rhythm. It give you that it, it, you figure out what the rhythm is, and then that second line and that culture that gives you that bounce. You have that bounce already. Now once you Turn all of that into hip hop in New Orleans. When you turn the, the, the basis of hip hop in New Orleans, it's bounce. You get that bounce. It's the same rhythm, the same rhythm pattern as the bounce music. The the the, the origins of the bounce music, like the, the DJ Jimmy and the way they at PT Tucker. If you yeah. take the drum pattern, it's the same drum pattern and rhythm as the second line music. And so we grew up doing like, it. It's like yeah. it's like bounce became the, the 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 younger generation where we were at that time. We were the younger generation. Bounce music was our second line music. Yeah, yeah. And it's it was also calling, like it was the same sense. thing. It was it was call and response. Yeah. Everything right. was call yeah, and response. Yes. Yeah. We see this in the, in Memphis club back in the day when they they turn around in a circle. It was crazy, <laughs> like a yeah, bungee, bungee man. you know. <laughs> yeah, man. And also, Memphis, Alan, Memphis, Alan Memphis, Memphis, was Memphis, and, Memphis and New Orleans are like cousins, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We like cousins, man. We like cousins, man. You know, you take Memphis and you take New Orleans and you put them together and you always get something special. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. 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 Ye
both cities are yeah. huge influences on, on a lot of people nowadays too. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. yeah, they they use those sounds, man. What? That you well, guys you made. Oh, man. If you if you if you you guys should interview uh, Devious, right? He did the uh, writing on the song where they at for DJ Jimmy. Right. If you do an interview on Devious and ask him about all the sync licenses and all of that kind of stuff that goes on with the with the catalogs that we have, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed yeah. at how many plaques from 2015 to now that on the wall that we have. Oh no, man! That's crazy. I can imagine. I can imagine because, you know, um, the the stuff you've done over the years, brother, has been uh, just just monumental. You know, it really kicked a lot of doors open. You know, and uh, man, I'm glad to see you get your flowers while you're here. You know what I mean? And they take well. No, what's no what's good about the flowers while we're here? is that they're taking this stuff and they're recreating new stuff and they're actually giving us credit. That's good, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You know, so that's the that's the flowers I want, that check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I yeah, love it because go. you know what I'm saying? We always put it like this, the stuff that y'all guys do, right? And y'all always supported what I did. You know what I'm saying? Even back before you ever talked to me or before you ever met me or before we ever did anything. So so when I get a call or uh, a congratulations from you guys, that's what it that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Now from the new guys, I'm glad for that check. Yeah. That's yeah, my absolutely. flowers. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't know yeah. the grind and the struggle. They don't care about the grind and the struggle. They're just trying to get to the next hit record. And if I could be a part of that, then just cut me a check. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No problem. I have a lot to offer. Keep, keep, keep traveling, baby. Absolutely, man. Uh, hey, before we get out of here, uh, Precise, uh, I think, Sid, you got another question or two? or. Uh, just to say, yes, when you say manifest and notice, I'm schooling, yeah, because there's influence of uh, DJ Jimmy, your influence too, and also when you listen to Freak Master from 92 in Memphis, you, you can say it's in all its bounds. And when you listen to the showboys, uh, when when the showboys uh, drag rap, how how the sample came into all Memphis and New Orleans stuff also. This was crazy. Well, and even when you did any block party, any block party in Patterns in Crime. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, see, now that's now in a block party. Now we're talking about some guy dog on camera, Paul. Now we we going on we going overseas with it. You know what I'm saying? You got it. You still okay? Two boys. I worked at a, a place called Odyssey Records, right? That was one of the the, the main hip hop record stores in New Orleans during the uh during the eighties and nineties and I worked there when it was uh when Rakim and Run D M C and everybody used to come through. So the when I worked there when the actual showboys drag rap record came out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I worked there. I worked there when it came out on a on a on a DJ Mr Magic compilation. Then it came out on a single by itself, and when it came out on a single by itself, it was named Drag Rap. And we couldn't sell it, but by us being DJs in that shop, we know what it was. The people was coming and asking for the wrong song. Because in New Orleans, we didn't know that song as Drag Rap. They knew that song as Trigger Man. So when they go to the store, when they go to Blockbuster, and they ask, and they asked for a Trigger Man and Blockbuster or whatever the, 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 at the time, uh, place at the time, you big big box store you go to at the time, they're going to punch it in the computer and tell you, ma'am, we don't have, uh, we don't have uh, 
Trigger Man here. I'm sorry, and I, I can't find it in the catalog. But when they come to our store and they say they want Trigger Man, we'll sell them, this is Trigger Man. And they'll say, no, it's not, because Trigger Man is not on the, the cover. But our store, we had turntables. So we can pop the song, pop it open. We had two Trigger Mans on the turntables, and we are back to back them like in the in the song, and that's how we were selling the song until they changed the name to Trigger Man. Yeah, that was so Spanish fly Trigger Man. A music career you was influenced by Alan Toussaint for music, for pianist, for piano, all that. What was that that's again? He was uh, influenced by Alan Toussaint. Uh, it was a, a musical. <laughs> Alan Toussaint. I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, Alan Toussaint. Uh, Alan Toussaint. <laughs> right. Alan Toussaint. Yes, My French actor. Alan Toussaint. <laughs> Alan Toussaint had a studio right with a uh, with with a guy named Marshall Seahorn. Now Marshall Seahorn is the guy that contracted me to do the the DJ Jimmy project. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's how I know a lot about Al Tucson. You know what I'm saying? And I, I really was into his music. You know, you got to get into it. He did the LaBelle's, worked with Patty LaBelle. And he wrote, you know, in the in the 70s and, and 60s and 80s, man, that man wrote so many hits. And won so many yeah. Grammys, it was the same. <laughs> he was the only man I knew wrote. He was the first book man I knew. To ride up my block in a in a in a in a canary like a canary yellow Rolls Royce, and it was his. And this was back in the seventies or something. Right. This is all all legendary history, man. Right here, uh, DJ right. Precise. I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk to us, man. Um, it's always good to chop it up with you. Before we get out of here, though, I want to give you the floor. Please let them know again about January 7th um, and anything else you want, man. It's all yours, brother. All right. Right here on the Murder Master Music Show is DJ Precise, legendary Precise HD. We're going to be at the Howling Wolf, January 7th, Partners in Crime headlining with DJ Jubilee and Friends. We got Lil Yacht, UNLV, he going to be there. We got uh, we got Bust Down going to be there. We got uh, we got uh, Kilo going to be there and a host of others. Uh, we going to be rocking that all night. We got Hot Boy Ronald going to be there. We going to be getting down and we got tributes for Tim Smooth, Trey Eight, uh, um, Marrero, that's M- MC Thick, and uh, and uh, get it, girl. Uh, made uh, Warren Mays. Excuse me, y'all. I'm getting. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that night. But guess what? There's so much stuff going on that night. The only thing y'all have to do is go to NolaRap.tv, NolaRap.tv, and catch the live stream of last year's episode uh, with uh, Mystical and Juvenile. And that's all I got to say. Uh, you're not riding with the best. And that's the Murder Master Music Show. And thank you, brother, man. You take care of yourself. You have a, a good and safe holidays. We'll be at you real soon. You heard him, man. Support him January 7th. We're out of here. Murder Master Music Show. No problem. Thank you, Sam.